You're listening to Farmer's Kitchen with Spinneys. Only on Dubai Eye 103.8. It's Helen Farmer with you on Dubai Eye 103.8. This is Farmer's Kitchen brought to you by Spinneys. Your chance to eat well, live well, shop well, cook well, and my goodness, get some inspiration from the best in the business. You're listening to Farmer's Kitchen with Spinneys. Only on Dubai Eye 103.8. Talking food this afternoon, and who better to join us than Ankit Gulbani? He's the social media manager at Spinneys and a recipe developer, excellent home chef in his own right, with tens of thousands of followers on Instagram who follow him for honestly mouth watering dishes and some very, very good food photography. Ankit, you've made me very hungry over the last couple of weeks. <laughs> With like aubergine palm, with uh, yeah. veggie chili, a plum and olive oil cake dusted with icing sugar. You love cooking. What do you get out of it? A lot of joy, a lot of satisfaction. And uh, it's a great thing to come home to after a busy day at work, right? Oh, yes. Could you cook for me? <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> because when I come home from a busy day at work, sometimes I'm like, hmm, bowl of rice krispies. That's as far as my imagination <laughs> and my, my energy levels can stretch to. But I think um, what you do so, so well is kind of demystify some of the products that we might find on shelves and go, do you know what? This is what you can do with it. Here is, you know, you might have had tofu before and hated it, but here's something you can do really beautifully. And that's yeah. something that translates to the magazine as well. So... We are picking your brains between now and half past two. But before we get to recipes on kind of not, I'm not saying cutting out meat, but certainly making some adjustments. Yes. What, what is the one ingredient that you could never give up? Um, one of the ingredients that I could never give up, um, cauliflower. It cauliflower. Might sound, yeah. It might sound really strange, but I find cauliflower to be such a versatile thing. And there's so much that you can do with it. Like just the other day, I discovered that you can make a bolognese if you cook it down long enough. And I was like, wow. That's well, that is that quote, you know, if cauliflower can be a pizza crust, there's nothing that we cannot do. So exactly. cauliflower would be Ankit and loads of you getting in touch with yours will be hearing them from very, very soon. Everything from eggs to vinegar, blueberries to garlic. So let us know yours and you could be winning this afternoon. So let's talk about Meat Free Monday, Meatless Mondays, which has been a hashtag and a growing movement for a number of years. And it's something... I try, I don't, I, don't, I don't go, it's Monday, I must not eat any meat. But sometimes I'll just try and have a bit of a break from it. And that can be for financial reasons. It can be for health reasons. Um, and the, the truth of the matter is, Ankit, I'm a massive hypocrite. I am always going on about, you know, we need to do the good for the planet. We need to be thinking about, you know, future of agriculture and growing and let's all go... And I haven't. And I know I'm on the wrong side of history and vegans out there will be nodding along going, it is a matter of time before all of us are cutting out meat, you know, if not 100% of the time, but certainly majority of the time. Where do you stand personally on eating less meat? Um, so for me personally, I think that you don't need to completely cut off meat and you can just make smaller, smaller choices every day because if you care about the impact your food choices have on the earth, chances are you're already making choices that are shrinking your footprint. Mm-hmm. And you can make smaller choices like opting for a veggie option when looking at the takeout menu or choosing to fill more days of the week with greens rather than an excess of animal protein. So smaller steps like these really go a long way. You're not going to really like change the world in one day but it's definitely something small that you can do individually. 
I think having watched the somewhat controversial documentary Game Changers, which was talking about vegan athletes and busting some of the myths they thought about protein and and animal products, my big takeaway from that was I'm not going to go 100% vegan. It doesn't make sense for me right now. But we can all benefit from eating more fruit and veg. Like that that was my big thing. We can can all be incorporating it in some fun, fun ways. That might be swapping out meat sometimes. It could just be eating more instead of snacks. And some of the recipes you have are actually amazing we're going to be talking about those very soon but I wanted to ask you a little bit you know when it comes to putting together the social media putting together Spinney's magazine you obviously do a lot of tasting as well are we seeing any kind of big trends when it comes to buying patterns or even the choice of products that are available in store now compared to say even a couple of years ago um, there are a lot more plant-based options available in store now. In few, in one of the more recent, uh, in, like new additions to our plant-based range is a uh, this isn't bacon or this isn't chicken, and uh, these are just like alternatives. And we see a, we see a definite increase in the amount of interest in these products. So you don't have to really be a vegan to be picking up one of these products because you want to try something new, you want to taste something new. So that's definitely a change we're seeing. Thank you. I need to ask you. Are they any good? Because I've traditionally had Facon and it was pretty rubbish. They so, are really good. Have you, have you tried the, uh, the V-Bytes uh, burger? Yes, I actually, funny you should say that. I was in store last week and my daughter, who, by the way, typical Dubai child, I, I went out for dinner the night and brought home some, some steak that I just couldn't finish. So she had it for her dinner. She was like, I really like this, mummy. I'm like, yeah, I bet you do. It's a ribeye. You are six years old. <laughs> so she's a, she's a pretty dedicated meat eater, but, meat eater, but we always get, um, we had the, I think it's a Moving Mountains one before, and then I saw yeah. the V-Bites were in store um, when I went in the other day and bought those. And they were really good value, four really big burgers, um, and, and too much, to be honest, for a kid, so we cut them in half for her. And yeah, I had a little nibble, as all parents do, you know, the odd crust here and there, the odd, let mummy just taste that, make sure it's okay for you, darling. And it was yeah. really good. This is the Heather Mills range that's in um, yes. in stores now. What else is in that V-Bites? Because I know there's all sorts of kind of ingredients and almost kind of finished products as well. There's, uh, so the, the V-Bites range itself has like soy-based proteins uh, in the burgers. But if you want, if you want to go like for pea protein, there are a ton of pea protein based uh, products as well in the plant based chillers but even like in addition to that if you just want to include a lot more fruit and veg you'll find that just by adding mushrooms and lentils and other more natural plant based products you can achieve the same and even like better flavor okay i'm getting hungry now you're listening to farmer's kitchen with spinnies only on dubai eye 103.8. And getting us hungry this afternoon is Ankit Gulabani. He's the social media manager at Spinney's and a recipe developer too. Ankit, for anyone who wants to follow you on uh, on Instagram, what's the Spinney's account and what is yours? Uh, Spinney's account is Spinney's Dubai, at Spinney's Dubai, and mine is at Ankit Gulabani. It's Ankit with an A-N-K-I-E-T. And it's well worth a follow. Um, now, you will appreciate this. We've just been talking about making some kind of meat-free substitutes. And I think in the past, well, let's just, let's be kind to say it's taken a while to get to the quality that, you know, we have been wanting for a while in terms of those plant-based alternatives. But I went out for breakfast this morning. Uh, it's my daughter's birthday. And happy birthday to anyone out there who's a twin, a birthday twin of Tabitha. Um, so I met some friends because I feel like, you know, parents need a bit of celebration. I've survived four years of this child and I'm going to go out and have some breakfast. And we went to brunch and cake on Al Wassel, which is yeah. like... 
It's so Instagram. It's just the prettiest place. But the menu was really, really interesting. So I had... Get ready. Get ready. I'm going to hear your tummy rumbling very soon, Ankit. Um, Avocado and feta smash, corn and halloumi pancakes, caramelised red peppers with grilled salmon, but you could have veal bacon, chilli scrambled eggs and thick cut halloumi with a side of sour cream and grilled corn. It was amazing. But they also have something called the, the full veggie, which is like scrambled eggs, halloumi, plant-based meat, organic tortilla chips. And I think what's really nice is to see restaurants across Dubai offering up these alternatives because for veggies and vegans for a long, long, long time, you'd get a nice grilled portobello mushroom and you'd have to say thank you. So it's um, it, it's really interesting to see, how, to see how it's all kind of happening out there. Um, Dan saying, I'm mostly meat-free now, but I simply cannot go without a greasy triple patty cheeseburger every few weeks. I'm with you. Balance is everything. So looking to the shelves of Spinney's and looking to the pages of the magazine Ankit, can you share some of the recipes where we could make some easy switches or, or even adding some veggies to bulk things out? Um, so in the new magazine, we have a feature called 50-50. They are full of these recipe ideas where they sh- we show you how meat isn't necessarily the only thing you need to make some of your family favorites like nuggets. And cutting back on meat does not mean cutting back on flavor because I understand for a lot of people, mm-hmm. uh, they feel like they'll be losing out on that meaty flavor. But what we've done is we've tried to kind of get that meaty flavor uh, into like things where you can make a lot of substitutions. So for example, we have a recipe for sweet potato chicken and bulgur wheat nuggets. Um, what we've done is we, by cutting back on the chicken mince in the nuggets recipe, so it's not all chicken, we add sweet potatoes and cooked bulgur to ensure that the nuggets are just as hearty mm-hmm. so we don't compromise on the flavor. And um, this adds that. fiber. Yeah, exactly. What about spices so, in there? Cause you, cause I there was, is. There is. Because I was thinking, like, I love, the, I love a sweet potato, but it, it can yeah. be a bit bland sometimes, especially with just chicken mint. So how, what kind of spices would you suggest adding in? There's uh, crushed chili, there's mm. onion powder, there's smoked paprika, and all of them will just kind of come together to bring it to life, will bring the mince to life. And um, we, this will also give you, like, fiber, it has a food grain, and there's protein as well. So it's much better than your average chicken nugget. Will it get past my six-year-old? I will let you know. I'm sure they'd love to make yes. those, though. This sounds like something that kids would like to make themselves. <laughs> yeah. um, a big favorite in our household, and I don't make them from scratch, I do buy them from Spinney's, is the, the meatballs. So we always get the beef meatballs. It's a real kind of get-around-the-table and often use a jar of sauce. Um, but with meatballs, it is such an easy one. They're, they're great for pack lunches the next day. What about any substitutes or additions there, Ankit? Anything we could be trying? Once a meatball is doused in sauce anyway, you can't, you're not going to be able to tell what's going inside the meatball. Mm. It would be very difficult for a lot of people to tell. And in this feature, we have a recipe for chicken, lentil, and rye meatballs. So, we again, we've cut back on the chicken mince and the nuggets recipe. Um, sorry, for the meatballs, uh, we have chicken. And it has less fat content than red meat. We combine it with umami-rich ingredients like shiitake mushrooms, leek, garlic, and anise seeds, which gives it a deep flavor. Mm-hmm. And uh, then we make it even heartier by adding lentils. And you can, of course, use any lentils that you have at home. You don't necessarily need to use the lentils that we specify in the recipe. But, uh, yeah, it, it, it's, it's really hearty. And uh, we've cut down on the meat by half here. And this is all obviously making some dishes from scratch for people like me <clears throat> who, I don't want to say lazy, I just like to think of, well, opportunistic, make it, making sure that 
taking full advantage of what's on the shelves. There are some amazing alternatives. And as you alluded to earlier, this is an area that's absolutely exploded in popularity, both in terms of producers, but also yeah. um, appetite here amongst consumers as well. So go along, see what's in store, make some swaps. Let's see if we can get some Meatless Mondays coming up. Thank you, thank you so much for your time. Have a wonderful weekend ahead. You too. You're listening to Farmer's Kitchen with Spinneys. Only on Dubai Eye 103.8. We are talking berries this afternoon. I have to say one of my big treats in life with Neil Gibson. He's the category manager of produce at Spinneys. Um, Neil, first of all, I have to say thank you because you sent us some berries to try before we had a chat. And the blueberries... However... The, the blueberries, I thought they were grapes. They're enormous. I've never... It's like a classic... UAE world record-breaking attempt to make the biggest blueberries on the planet, and they were delicious. So thank you so, so much. Let's start with those blueberries, because I I almost took a photo with a dirham coin for scale. They're grown here in the UAE. Tell us more. That's right. So so blueberries are actually native to North America, where 90% of them still are grown. Uh, But we've partnered up with Elite Agro, who's a member of our farmers club here at Spinney's, and they've, they've, they've um, secured the exclusive rights to grow the Eureka variety, which is the variety you have there, um, in the UAE. This variety is special for many, many reasons, but one of them is that super big jumbo size Massive. you see. Uh, probably the, we think that we're going to be able to enter them into the world record books this year for the biggest ever. Because they actually have gone even bigger than we expected this year, which is fantastic. Um, they've got that lovely white bloom as well, which helps seal in the moisture and um, makes them super juicy. The eating quality is fantastic. Um, they're sweet with just a touch of tart- tartness. And they have that pop when you, uh, when you bite them, which I always look for in a, in a blueberry. They're packed with antioxidants. But their real party trick is... They need zero chilling hours to grow, um, which basically means that um, they don't need to uh, undergo low temperatures to, to grow. Most other blueberry varieties need those low temperatures, low chilling hours to, um, to grow. So for, for growing something in the UAE, it's, a, it's an ideal variety. What I would also say is, yes, I mean, they, they look gorgeous and they're potentially a world record breaker. But I think for for a long time, you know, we've been used to having, I'm thinking of strawberries in particular. When you bite into it, you're like, it doesn't really taste like a strawberry. Um, And that's really changed, I think, recently. Um, You know, and when you open some of the the chilled, um, you know, refrigeration, you go, I can smell it. It smells like a, a, you know, like a field of Scottish strawberries. And today, those blueberries, they tasted just phenomenal. You probably have quite a refined palate as, as, uh, as your job goes. Is tasting a big part of what you do? Very much so, yes. We're, every single day we're, we're tasting uh, produce here at Spinney's. We're getting produce sent to us from, uh, from growers all over the world. And we're always looking for those, um, you know, those extra sweetness or uh, fantastic succulents. And uh, we, we, we make it our mission to put the tastiest produce on the, on the shelves. And I actually um, have seen these elite before. And I was, they're actually very, very well priced. I think that's a really useful and important thing to be referencing right now when we're all looking after our dirhams. Um, the other thing is, and we've talked about this before with the Jebel Ali fish farm, with Dibba oysters, is that things are travelling a matter of hours, you know, just, a, you know, kilometres rather than days, if not weeks, to get to our shelves. And that freshness is just, it's so, so important. Um, Neil, you mentioned the Farmers Club before. What's all that about? So Farmers Club um, has been running now for five years here at Spinney's and it's, uh, it was initially a collection of uh, seven local growers who we brought together 
and we shared programs so we could we could help them in their planning their crops to meet our our requirements so that's been running now for for five years we've now got 10 members so it's um growers like organic oasis pure harvest uh, emirates farm and the i grow here with the blueberries um and what we do with these growers is always looking for them to grow new products or enhance our range of organic products and we've actually got a, a new member, Madar Farms, who joined recently uh, with a range of microgreens, uh, which are in stores now. These used to be more used by chefs, but um, they really add uh, flavour and sparkle to salads and also a tasty garnish if you're, if you're making a dish. So look out for those in store. I will. Yeah, the, the raspberries were also part of our very welcomed care package, which was Driscoll's. So tell us about how you do choose to partner with people. What happens behind the scenes when it comes to choosing the suppliers and even individual farmers that Spinney's link, links up with? That's right. So we, we partnered with Driscoll's really because they're the, the leaders in the berry category. And uh, we've been working with Driscoll's for a number of years now. And they've, they've helped really drive our berry business here in, uh, in Dubai. Um, it's a very expandable category, and uh, if we get the price and um, quality equation right, we can really get customers to, to buy more into that category. Um, now, they've, do, they've teamed up with uh, Global Farms in Alain uh, to grow and market the first large-scale raspberry production. Um, and raspberries are pretty tricky to grow. Um, they, they're probably the most delicate of all the berries. Um, and also, if they get temperature abuse, they, they disintegrate. So um, if, you know, if, if the temperatures rise above, above 30 degrees, the plants go into hibernation. And um, you know, so it really is quite a feat that we've got these, uh, these raspberries here in store now. Um, they, um, they're the majestic variety, which is also quite a large variety in size. If you look at them versus a, a normal raspberry, they're, they're pretty big. Um, but the raspberries, um, they do um, take a little, little quicker to, um, to come into bearing fruit. So that is 70 days from planting to berries, where you'd have to wait for perhaps two years before your blueberry tree uh, delivers you any blueberries. So it's a little bit uh, quicker off the mark. I've got to confess, I saw, I saw the Driscoll's label on those raspberries and I didn't realise that they were locally grown at all. So the fact that they're from right here, so what, I mean, the facilities must be incredible have you been out yes they're they're pretty amazing the i've been to to both of them the um the global one is 12 greenhouses um spread over 7.2 hectares and the um the uh the elite one is um slightly bigger um go spreading over uh, 12 hectares so so they're both uh, big facilities and they're using the the most uh the newest technology really to maintain the temperatures in those um in those greenhouses Right, Neil, before I let you get back to your busy day of tasting, um, what's the food that you could never live without? And I'm going to ban you from saying berries, but is there a food you, <laughs> is there a food you could never give up? Well, I kind of chop and change between uh, all the different fruits. I, I, I love um, cherries and stone fruits, mm, but right now I've got to say these, these two... These two berries are my favourite. Neil, no, you're <laughs> if you banned. Take non-fruit items, then um, I do love a good curry. Um, oh, so good uh, shout! What I would go for. You're yeah. the first one to say it. Um, yeah. Thank you so so much. Um, and for anyone who is picking up berries from the Spinney's Berry Patches over the weekend, apart from enjoying, you know, as they are, because you know, when it's a good product, you don't really need to add bells and whistles and sauces and 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 whatnot. Um, any of your favourite ways to serve and enjoy? I think well, the blueberries are the most adaptable. I mean, you can put them in uh, smoothies. You can make um, 
you can make muffins from them. Actually, when when we last had these store, these in, these blueberries in store was in, in deepest darkest lockdown last uh, April May time, and we found that uh, a number of people were making blueberries with them and because they're so big um, and they've got so much juice in them they kind of really colour the blueberries up the, uh, the muffins up so I would definitely give that a go Okay, if there's any left by five o'clock today I promise I'll <laughs> pop some in some muffins Thank yeah. you Neil, have a wonderful Excellent. weekend ahead yeah. Oh man, now I'm, I'm, I can feel I can feel that pot of blueberries calling to me from my desk You're listening to Farmer's Kitchen with Spinneys Only on Dubai Eye 103.8 If you believe that you are what you eat well... I'm I, I'm I'm in trouble <laughs> to be honest. Delighted to be joined now by Tay Udian, a board certified holistic nutritionist who started a company after being quite sick a number of years ago and realised that pill popping was not the answer. Her diet was. She believes in the power of superfoods. We're going to be demystifying some of the ones that are actually worth spending on and how to incorporate them into our diet. Thank you so much for joining us. How are you? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me, Helen. Good energy. I love it. I love it. It's about food. I'm going to be so excited. No, this is my favorite thing to talk about. It honestly is. <laughs> but if we could start by going back a few years, can you tell us about the time you weren't very well? What was going on? Sure. So it actually happened about six, I want to say seven years ago, but probably when I noticed it predominantly was six years ago. Um, I had got diagnosed with PCOS, which is basically an endocrine disruptor, very common actually now in a lot of young females. Um, And I kind of thought, you know, I was living this healthy lifestyle, so how could this possibly happen to me? Um, I've never been one to kind of take pills for any issues. And then when I had got diagnosed with this, I was put on so much medication. Mm -hmm. Finally, after a month, I was just like, cannot do this anymore there has to has to be a way to do it with food and herbs so threw the pulls away and it just went into deep research for myself and it was it's extremely frustrating I mean you have to do the research you need to test it on yourself you need to you know kind of come up with information just about your body and yeah within I would say three to six months my PCO started clearing up the cyst on my ovaries my uterus started becoming strong again. And this is when I kind of made that very distinct change. Because I've been in finance for about nine years. And I was like, this is it. Going to go back to school. Going to go back to studying nutrition. So I can help other women and just people in general just realize the power that food has. It's incredible. It really is. And I'm certainly not advocating, you know, give up medications that you have been prescribed, people. Obviously, listen to your doctors. But there's so much that we can be doing as people to... And basically improve our overall health and lifestyle. And it's interesting you, you say that it was sickness that led you to do this because my dad was exactly the same. You know, when, when he was going through chemo, he was doing so much research and he was like, right, raw cauliflower, I'm going to be having turmeric with everything. And he was like, I'm going to eat to beat cancer. And mum was like, yeah, that's really nice, Dave. Could you also have the chemotherapy? I completely support <laughs> you in your turmeric mission. <laughs> but there is a way of these things coexisting and us kind of taking a bit of a step back and thinking... Maybe not a total overhaul, but certainly some tweaks that we know are feel realistic and, and comfortable for us if we are wanting to boost our overall energy. So what are some of the things that you have introduced to your diet? So when I just went into this kind of research, um, I actually kind of went full on. I didn't even go cold turkey or anything. I just went full on plant-based because I had realized that the foods that maybe I'd, I'd been eating were super inflammatory to my body and just creating an, an acidic environment that just wasn't helping me at all. So as soon as I made the switch, and 
over time, it's just small things. And this is what people don't realize. Just by doing small things in your day, it has massive impacts. Um, and it can prevent, food is literally a preventative measure. So before something goes wrong, like with me or your dad, you know, prevent it from happening. Um, and unfortunately, obviously with human nature, we wait, we wait for something to go terribly wrong and then we want to kind of change everything, right? And this is why I love these superfoods because it's something that is so easy that you can put in a smoothie, sprinkle over your salad, um, that it will take you five seconds to do, but literally it will set your body up. So I mentioned turmeric there and it's been used for thousands of years. I mean, I speak to Indian chef who say, you know, my grandmother, when she cut her finger in in the kitchen, they put turmeric on as, you know, antiseptic, you know, helping with healing. So what does the science say about turmeric? Because we're seeing it in supplements, but of course it can be incorporated into food and not just the ever-present golden turmeric lattes we're seeing on every single menu in Dubai. What, What has it got going for it? Okay, so turmeric, okay, yeah, so as you'll see, there are a lot of pills coming out. But the problem with that is that rather incorporate it in your foods, because when you incorporate these kind of spices into your cooking, and when it's mixed with other nutrients, that's when you're actually going to feel the power, mm-hmm. not when you're going to kind of just go and do the pull. So as you said, it's a powerful antioxidant, anti-inflammatory, antiseptic. Um, especially for those who suffer, suffer with uh, psoriasis and eczema, if you just make this into a paste and kind of lather your body over it, all the affected areas, this is absolutely wonderful. Um, the main components that we actually are using anti-cancer properties. Um, just with turmeric, what I want to mention is that you always should mix it with some black pepper because cucumin is very hard to actually get absorbed in our body. So the black pepper... And there's a compound in there that actually brings it into our blood and absorbs it efficiently. So obviously we want to get foods. We don't want to just kind of put in our bodies. It's not really what you eat. It's what you absorb, right? Mm. And what are some of your favorite ways of cooking with turmeric and and eating it? So I love anything with curries or marinades. So if I'm going to marinate vegetables, I will put it with a mixture of my spices. Um, I love to add it to my teas. Not Not really a turmeric latte. But I love to just like put a half a teaspoon in with a little bit of black pepper and some cumin. It is amazing for the body, especially in the morning, if you can have the first thing before you kind of disrupt your body with a lot of the day ahead kind of um, top things. Um, what I also love is a face mask. Coconut oil, one teaspoon turmeric, some fresh aloe vera, just scoop out the middle, make a lovely gel mask. There's your glow right there. Oh, you need to talk to my daughter. I came home from work last Thursday and she was like, Mummy, I've seen something on Netflix and it was this show Gabby's Dollhouse, which I have to say is not the worst that that she watches. (laughs) And she's like, we're going to get avocado and lemon and honey and we're going to to have a pamper. I'm like, you're six, you're six. Oh my God, I absolutely love her. (laughs) And that was me at the kitchen table having it painted on thinking, what... What have we started? But yeah, I love this. A bit bit of eating and a bit of pampering on the side. You're listening to Farmer's Kitchen with Spinneys. Only on Dubai Eye 103.8. Delighted to be joined live on the line by board certified holistic nutritionist today. She has founded a new startup that links healthy eating to habits following an illness and overhauling her diet and her subsequent health. Tell us about the company you've set up today. So what we've realized, I mean, what I've realized with my clients over time is that I can give you the best nutrition kind of points to follow and the best plan. But if you, where where I find it hard is that people struggle to make that a daily habit. 
So once we want nutrition to become second nature to you. We want it to become putting on your seatbelt, brushing your teeth, combing your hair. Whereas the society we live in now, they kind of put nutrition on the back burner where nutrition is the thing that's keeping you alive, right? So we are trying to bridge the gap between here is a really good nutrition plan and then this is how to create healthy habits and linking those two together. So we take out the stress of you thinking to yourself, oh, what am I going to go, go get at the grocery store? Mm-hmm. How do I implement this in my daily life? So that is basically our main you know, drive to do this. I think it's really important, to be honest, because if we're being honest, we all know what we should be doing. There's so much information out there. It's just implementing it. It's just normalizing it in our day to day. And as you say, as you know, as, as part of habits, habits, such a, it's such a good word, because it should become second nature to do some of these things. And I think a lot of it is also demystifying some of the some of the ingredients we might see on the shelves or in recipes. And that's why you're here today. Tell us about some superfoods. Matcha is everywhere. Now, here's a question for you. I had a matcha-flavoured Kit Kat a while ago. Does that count as a superfood? Hidden, mm. as much as I want to say, <laughs> yes, it is. I'm not going to lie to you. Oh, Absolutely not. <laughs> I felt slightly smug about that when I had it. I was like, that's got to count as one of my five a day. What no. is matcha? Okay, so matcha is very similar to green tea. It comes from the exact same family. However, it's just grown in a different way. Therefore, that's why it has this unique nutrient profile. So what I love about matcha, it uses the entire root up to the leaf. So you get much more antioxidants, typically found in green tea. So the whole entire plant is actually ground up, and that's the powder that we have. So, um, yeah, I love that. Um, And and then um, you confused me by putting maca on your list. What is maca? Never even heard of it. Really? Never. Oh, okay. So have you ever heard of something called an adaptogenic herb? Not knowingly, it sounds like something I would okay. forget the morning after so, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> this, I absolutely love these kind of herb families because when you are stressed or when you're going under something, these herbs go into your body and they adapt. That hence the name adaptogenic herb. And it adapts your body to balance it out. So if you are stressed, it kind of brings that central nervous system into balance again. Let you breathe, let you kind of figure things out. So this is what maca does. Maca, and it's amazing to balance those um, hormones. And especially for women who want to be more fertile or are looking to get pregnant, it is a beautiful uh, female reproductive herb. Mm. Now, you also have cacao, which, I mean, th- th- this is my matcha Kit Kat in coming together, <laughs> putting these hands together. Now... When we are on the radio, we are here as professionals. The one time I have completely lost it on air, like completely lost it, couldn't breathe, I was laughing so hard. We were talking about chocolate yoga. And this is back BC before COVID where the yoga teacher came in and she said, what we do is we have um, pure cacao and then we do yoga and we tried it on air and it sent me loopy like it was I was flying honestly and then she we did some breathing on her and I got the giggles and I completely lost it it was so unprofessional I felt terrible for her but I had to say it was a very happy half hour for me cacao is this we're talking pure we're talking the 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 proper the proper stuff um yeah not just your cocoa powder no cacao so how can we get it is it easy to find it, it it really is. It's actually, since this has become more popular, you can l- literally find it in all supermarkets. It's oh, okay. very easy to find. And it uh, amazingly contains more calcium than milk. So how would you have it? What would you add it to? 
I absolutely love making my own hot chocolate. So mm. one tablespoon cacao milk, creamy oat milk, a little bit of maple syrup, cinnamon, and you have a beautiful, rich, creamy, deep chocolate. It is, it is beautiful. It's delicious. Rather than buying um, outside hot chocolate where it's sugar, additives, just unnecessary things for your body, do it at home. It takes you five minutes. That sounds delicious. And the last superfood that you think we should all be trying to incorporate or certainly educate ourselves on is moringa, which I'd never heard of until I had my baby four years ago today. It's her birthday today. And everyone's like, if you want to boost boost, um, breast milk production, you need to be having moringa. And I have to say the supplements absolutely stank. Um, But it was our nanny, Loretta, who was like, listen, this is how, you know, it grows here. It's from our neighbor's garden. She was cooking with it. Um, So what are some of the benefits apart from breast milk? (laughs) So I absolutely love moringa. It's actually something that I, when I know the superfoods, I literally eat all these superfoods consistently. When I say consistently, four to five times a week. So moringa is super rich in nutrients, protein, your vitamin B6 hence your milk production, vitamin C, iron. Um, So Moringa has two very, very important antioxidants in it. One is called quercetin, and the other one is called chlorogenic acid. So quercetin is one of the most powerful antioxidants, lowers blood pressure, um, kind of also calms your nerves, especially those who have respiratory issues. This is beautiful for it. Then chlorogenic acid is found actually in high amounts of coffee, but what I love about this acid is that you don't get that massive drop mm-hmm. after you have caffeine with this. So this, this is why this is a great thing for kind of bringing up your energy levels without that drop. Uh, we've had a number of messages. They're asking about the website, your company. What's the best way of people finding out more and contacting you to build some of these healthy habits? So um, my Instagram handle is T underscore U-D-Y. And on there... Um, it's a link to our newly formed company and they can just click on the link and it will be there for them. And it's habit.me. This is the new company. Um, before yes. I let you get back to your busy day, um, what is the one food that you could never give up, though? What, what could you never, ever, ever live without? Ooh, if anyone knows me, it's so clear. It's peanut butter. <laughs> I'm such a sucker for it. Oh, okay. Just buy the spoon. I don't need anything else. Just give me a spoon in the jar. <laughs> I love it. And there's got to be some superfoods in there somewhere, right? But, but maybe. Yeah, some, some of it. <laughs> How about balance? Hey, thank you so much for your time. Have a wonderful weekend ahead. You're listening to Farmer's Kitchen with Spinney's. Only on Dubai Eye 103.8. As we've discussed this afternoon, Spinney's sources its produce from hand-picked suppliers around the world, bringing you the best quality of the shelves, working with farmers who adhere to global sustainability guidelines, with farming tomorrow in mind. And delighted to be joined live on the line now by Yasin Al-Kudmani, Operations Manager at Emirates Bio Farm. Yasin, what is the food that you could never give up? Um, hello, Helen. A food I could never give up would be probably um, uh, za'atar in the morning or, or olives, olive oil. Um, that's that's integral to to a lot of our foods. Yeah, I love it. I've been having so much za'atar over the course of the last year. Some just some labneh, some olive oil, some za'atar, and then some well. Sometimes bread, sometimes carrot yeah. sticks. Depend, depends <laughs> how good I'm feeling. Um, thank you so much for being with us today. And we're going to take a bit of a a bit of a virtual trip around the farm today. But before we go there, can you tell us exactly what it is that you do there at Emirates Biofarm? Well, um, I manage I, I manage the overall farm. Uh, it's kind of divided into three. We have the production on the fields and then operations. 
uh, with the pack house and the logistics, and then the commercial department, which would be sales. And uh, we are well known also for our events department, actually. We have a, a restaurant and a visitor center at the farm as well. So people can come and have an actual trip and tour around the farm. What does that involve right now? And uh, can you even do some picking? Well, yes, usually um, people are able to come now due to the current situation. Uh, we are based in Abu Dhabi on Dubai Lane Road. Um, so we have ticketed events right now. So people can check out EmiratesBioFarm.com and see what we have going on. We usually do a one-hour tour. It's an educational tour. Um, on a tractor, you get down in the fields, and that's where you learn about organic agriculture, about sustainable agriculture, and you get to, you know, we just keep it light. It's about 10 minutes of education, and then the rest is fun with the family, nice photos, uh, picking from the fields, and just, you know, transporting out of that city um, uh, back into a farm. And a lot of people, it, it, it brings back a lot of childhood memories for them. For me, that was a really big part of what we did with them. I'm from Northumberland and there was a place called Brock's Bushes and it would where you go and pick your own and we'd be given these kind of cardboard baskets and we'd go off and pick strawberries. And I remember so vividly kind of sitting on the straw, finding the juiciest ones under these leaves and shoveling them into my mouth so we wouldn't have to weigh them and pay for them. And then going home with my grandma and making jam. And it, it is, it's, it's such a part of what so many kids grow up with if you're lucky enough to live in a part of the world where where growing is possible and, and accessible and if it's you know it's not then this is a chance as an adult to go along and have that experience and perhaps with their kids as well um what are you growing on the farm what and what's what's kind of in season right now well right now is probably peak season um we grow over 60 to 70 wow. uh, fruits and vegetables mostly vegetables um so you're talking about all your main items from cucumbers tomatoes peppers uh, eggplants, and then you have the root vegetables with the carrots and the potatoes, um, beets, uh, and and then you have the lettuces and herbs, and um, those you know those are probably twenty items by themselves. And we also do uh, eggs, poultry. So uh, we supply organic, locally uh, produced eggs. I've had your eggs, and they are absolutely delicious. Um, so, how are you involved with Spinneys then? How does that how has that come together? Um, Spinneys established a farmers club to support um, local agriculture, and it's one of the unique programs that gives us. Um, we are able to forecast as as they give us the requirements for the full season. So it's a unique program. Uh, it's a private label, so you would see it under Spinney's Farmers Club. But it, it involves a, a handful of farmers that Spinney's has selected annually to participate. And, and we have been with Spinney's for the past three years now, supplying this program. Now, I wanted to pick your brains on something because I've never heard of this term before, Yasin, root to leaf. Now, my brother-in-law is a chef and he used to work in a restaurant where it was all about cooking and eating nose to tail, which is, you know, <laughs> all the offal, all the, all the bits yeah. that you might throw away. What about eating root to leaf? Is that also about making sure there's absolutely no wastage? Exactly. A lot, a lot of people, you know, food security has become an important topic. Sustainability is an important topic. So the way we produce food is important, but also what we do with the food that we produce. Many of us know that food waste is, is, a, big, uh, is a big issue worldwide. Uh, estimates are a third of food produced gets thrown away. Um, wow. So uh, when it comes to vegetables and plants, usually... 
uh, if you want to talk scientifically, a fruit is just anything that, you know, is the part of the plant that comes from a flower and has the seeds inside. So eggplant is a fruit. Uh, cucumber is a fruit. Tomato is a fruit. Uh, pumpkin is a fruit. But everything else that is the other parts of the plant, the stem, the root, the leaves, that's a vegetable. Um, that that's considered, but in the culinary world, it, it it's divided sweet and 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 savory, and and that's how they're defined. So usually, when we have let's say carrots, you have two parts of the plant there, or three parts. You have the root, which is the actual carrot that's edible, and then you have the stem along, and then on on the stem you have leaves. So usually, we are after that one part that's edible. A broccoli has huge leaves. But we want the broccoli head, which turns into forms the flowers. So when we talk about uh, food waste, it's not just uh, food waste um, at home. It's because of the recipes that we're involved in that, you know, we, we use this entire plant to just produce the fruit that we want and everything else is not edible. So trying to come up with recipes where we use the entire plant will help us reduce the food waste, definitely. Can you share some ideas today, some things that we might be throwing away that we could be eating? What are some of your favorite ways to eat root to leaf? Well, definitely, you know, at the farm, because we have a restaurant and we only serve mostly what we have, uh, so it's vegetarian, it's, it's the vegetables that we have. So we're always trying to introduce new things. For example, you know, I... There are the, 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 the common items. Let's say you're at home, you're going to be peeling carrots. Um, you're going to be peeling potatoes. You're going to be... Um, a, many, many crops are going to be peeled, and this peel, a lot of people throw away. So, so you can start there. You, know, you, can, you can bake it. You can fry it and, and have it as a topping. You can um, put it in a stock, uh, create a broth, a natural home, homemade broth um, uh, stock for, for a soup. Or to, or to cook with, um, so that, you know that's a start. But for us at the farm, we're we're fortunate enough to have the entire plant. So like when we harvest the broccoli, it comes with its leaves, and we use those leaves to make you know in in, in Levant culture we have uh, stuffed vine leaves, for example, uh, you know uh, dolmatis as mm-hmm. well. So yeah, so we st- we use it the same way, and it's absolutely delicious. And that's broccoli leaves. Yeah, I'm really embarrassed. Um, carrot- I'm, I'm going to have to Google what broccoli grows to look like because I, I can't even picture when you're talking about these huge leaves on or, that surround the bro- broccoli florets. I can't even imagine it. So that's, yeah, that's already yeah. kind of piquing my interest. And then with the carrots, what about the leaves there? The leaves of the carrot top, uh, we make a pesto out of it and we, and we serve it uh, as a dip on the side with the breads with some olive oil and it's just it's nothing fancy at all it's just the same pesto recipe um cut up to to uh, uh, and and it gives a great flavor it actually has a very uh, uh good flavor so it's something that is always thrown away the amount of carrots you know we produce 200 kgs of carrots a day alone Whoa. and the amount of leaves that would be thrown away um, the other thing is, of course, the animals on the farm. So integrated sustainable agriculture uh, means that we, we have the chickens, the poultry, we have goats, and, and we have some horses. So they end up eating carrot top is, is, is a favorite. <laughs> well, it's funny you should say that because whenever we chop up and peel carrots at home, they go straight to the dogs. That's like their little treat. Yeah. <laughs> How sad is that? Um, I really, that's honestly made me just want to come and explore. So just remind us again of the website and how people can book tickets to come along and uh, 
learn and peck and pose and eat? <laughs> it's Emirates Biofarm, um, emiratesbiofarm.com. On the landing page, you're going to have our home orders and we have subscription models for people. Um, this is another way, sorry, this is another way to, to reduce food waste as uh, we're offering a subscription of seasonal vegetables. It, it doesn't say what's in it. It's basically the freshest stuff that we have and we just send it to you weekly. And this changes the way that we cook. Usually we look up a recipe and then we buy what we want. And that means that we would buy off season and we just buy for whatever recipe we want. But if the vegetable comes to you and then you think about, okay, what am I going to do with this to cook, to eat it? That is also helping you reduce food waste, eat uh, seasonal, eat local, more nutritious food. So we have subscriptions on there and then we have the event tickets that you can take a look at. And we have EBF Academy. So EBF Academy has recipes, some of the recipes that I talked about with reducing food waste. We have um, uh, home gardening tips, um, really detailed about setting up your garden and, and everything. So it's, it's, a, it's a good uh, resource, emiratesbiofarm.com. Yes, and thank you so, so much. Wishing you, a, you very, so much uh, a very enjoyable growing season. And uh, yeah, I'm going to go and Google broccoli leaves. It sounds like they could be the next kale. You heard it here first. Have a good one. <laughs> there you go. Broccoli leaves. Who knew? Not me. You're listening to Farmer's Kitchen with Spinney's. Only on Dubai Eye 103.8. And it's great to have you with us. Spinney's Incubator Programme is the reason you might be seeing some small local businesses on the big shelves of the store. An amazing opportunity for people to really use Spinney's as a springboard to reach more customers, to pick their brains. And we're delighted to be joined on the line now by Oz. She's the founder and CEO of Sprout. How are you? Hello. Hi. Well, first, it's wonderful to have you with us this afternoon. And I'm going to very much be picking your brains because you're on a bit of a mission to help families, help children get some proper nutrients into their system. And it's science backed as well, Oz. Can you tell us a little bit about what Sprout is all about? Yes. Hello. Yes. Um, So Sprout is about um, making essentially uh, nutrient dense foods for kids that's that's in a nutshell what we do and we do this using scientific evidence uh, and we're keeping up to date with the latest in pediatric nutrition to do that uh, any food that we produce or make uh, is backed fully backed by science and uh, catered to nurture growing little bodies This is obviously a real passion for you. Where did the idea for this um, come from originally? Yeah, it is It is quite a passion because two things have come together actually for this to happen. Number one, uh, I'm a biochemist by education. I did my uh, degree, so my bachelor's and then my master's in biochemistry in uh, uh, in Berlin, uh, back home, and uh, focusing on immunology and nutrition. And then in 2015, I had my first daughter. And as a bit of a geek, having a daughter uh, and becoming a mom then sort of like drives you into looking what's out there, what does the science say, what do I need to feed my child, what is good for her. And as you get in there more and more and you're able to actually understand scientific research and the balance of evidence, um, I uh, discovered institutions like the Physicians Association for Nutrition, uh, short PAN, and uh, certain uh, nutrition experts. 
And that's how these two things uh, have come together. And paired with my passion for cooking and food, because I'm an obsessed hobby chef, uh, I then sort of like morphed into this role of setting up Sprout. And what I love about this is the result is making it kind of foolproof for the rest of us as non-nutrition nerds because there is so much information out there and being able to make sense of it when you are a busy parent and often sleep deprived and you're often like I could just have some toast I I just can't deal with this right now so the result is a range of products that do take the guesswork out so what's on offer and how did that range come together? Um, I mean initially it started off with what I had in my portfolio as a chef um, which is my, I think my grandma inspired me with all the cooking and things. Um, and I started off sort of like with the Mediterranean cuisine and adapting these recipes and then basically sproutifying them, <laughs> uh, understanding what I need to change in them to make them more nutritious and more solid. But my passion for food is, uh, goes way beyond the Mediterranean cuisine. I'm always uh, researching food. I'm always looking for uh, what other countries are doing. What are their top dishes? Why are these the top dishes? Why are they loved? We recently launched a dish called Juan in a Million. Nice. <laughs> uh, <Another> yes. pun. <laughs> <laughs> and um, it's a take on the ever-loved Spanish arroz rojo. The tomato rice. Yes. Um, tomato rice is loved. Okay, so then you have something that is loved. Everyone loves it. Okay, so how do we make this better? And that's basically that's basically the, 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 the story behind our food. So we go into the cuisines of the world. We look at what they are eating. We're looking at what they have been eating 100 years ago. And how can we make this more wholesome, more nutritious, and just better with the knowledge we have today? And some of them, as you say, it's, it's, it's the world over. There's uh, like a beautiful dal that's got sweet potatoes and squash in it. And yes, yes. Which sounds absolutely delicious. And as I said, it's all coming in pots. Super easy for families, busy families. But what about eating together? Is it very much just for kids or could this be, you know, for, for everyone in the family? No, yes, this is a very uh, interesting question you're asking. So what has happened is we've been uh, cooking for kids and then parents came back saying, um, you know, I tasted the food for my child. It actually tastes really good. Uh, Can you make an adult portion? Uh, (laughs) And then we uh, we were like, yeah, uh, in principle. Principally, we could do it, um, so we uh, we actually did. Uh, also, we did this. We launched so we launched a whole new product line, which is family jars, which we call our jacked up sauces or family jars, which is basically just the sauce or just the stew, uh, which you then supply either you serve over pasta or you with rice. Uh, that's really up to you how you use that. Some some parents get really creative; they make their lasagnas with our uh, sauces or they, uh, tr- yeah, they make a completely new dishes with it. Um, and the, the, the idea behind this, what we loved about this is we strongly encourage to eat together as a family. That's something very, very important. Uh, it's happiness, it's love, it's the parents, the kids. I know it's really hard. It's hard for me. It's hard for you as a mom, for everyone. Um, but we should strive to do this at least one or two times a week where we come together as a family and eat. And that's what the family jars are for. 
I think that's a really good point. And if there's anything positive to come out of the last 12 months, maybe it is people working from home and kids and, you know, adults being around each other that much more at mealtimes. And I don't necessarily want to sit down and have my meal at five o'clock when my kids eat, but we'll sit with them and, you know eat something together and it's just lovely to have a bit of that a bit of that chat um and yeah I, I have really picky eaters I mean sometimes yeah. they're, sometimes they're good sometimes they're not um and it is it's it's really it's really challenging but by us showing and eating things from their plate or having the same things on ours it does make a huge difference um I want to be I want to be picking your brains a little bit as well about some tips for, yeah. for picky eaters as well if you don't mind Oz yeah but for I, sure please. I also want to know what is the food that you couldn't live without, that you could never give up? <laughs> you are going to shoot me for this. What? It's chips. I love chips. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Look, even a nutrition nerd is not immune to the charms of carbohydrates. Yes, no, I, can. I love I can. it. You're listening to Farmer's Kitchen with Spinneys. Only on Dubai Eye 103.8. Talking kids and healthy eating. Some concepts that often don't come together, but they do with Sprout. Oz is joining us, co-founder and CEO, as we discuss picky eating and getting some nutrition into those little nuggets of ours. So Oz, tell us some tips and tricks. And there's something I wanted to ask you specifically. It's to do with portion sizes and children. Because I'm never really sure how much I should be offering the kids. What Do you have a general rule? What do you think is the most helpful, especially for picky eaters? Um, there is no real rule. Our kids should not be. So long kids are eating mostly whole foods, then there is no rule as to how much to give them. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is uh, processed foods that I would more control because then you have uh, high fat, high sugar, high salt, uh, just readily, uh, readily available to their bodies. And that, that would be what I would limit. But if they wanted to eat uh, a lot of sweet potatoes, let them eat it until they're full. Until they're full, really, yeah. yeah. I think that I think that's where it gets a bit confusing for for people. But you know, yeah. I, I grew up a generation where it was like, yeah, you so, finish what's on your plate, and often my plate would have the yeah, same portion no. as my dad, who's six foot two. No, you know, which gets a bit confusing for for little ones. Yes, yes, yes. No. So what we're trying to uh, help our parents with, um, and when we have conversations about this, is instead of trying to get hung up on what the kid has eaten on a single day. Uh, try and look at it, what was eaten over a week, mm-hmm. a period, a week. So in that week, has your child been getting enough whole grains, uh, some legumes, uh, fruits, vegetables, nuts, seeds, uh, and herbs and spices? And if the answer to this is yes, then you're good. And if you can even week by week increase that a little bit towards more whole foods, then great. I also wanted to ask you about food wastage, especially when it comes to kids mm-hmm. who can be so fickle. You know, I, can, I, had mm-hmm. my, I had my daughter last week at breakfast shoveling porridge in her face going, I don't like porridge anymore. I'm like, you're, you're actually eating it as you say it. And, you know, yeah. they, they, they change their minds often, often when you're giving yes. them the very food that they're talking about. So any, any ideas about leftovers, food waste? Because, you know, as we heard earlier from Emirates Biofarm, you know, eating, you know, root to leaf to avoid the third of all food being wasted is so, so important. And ultimately for our finances as well. We don't want to be spending on food that's not being eaten. Yes. Well, my funny answer to this is food waste is for dads. 
So whatever doesn't get eaten, my it goes. That's that. why my dad got, got, got called Dyson growing up because he would just hoover everything. Yeah, you see, so that there is no, there is zero waste. <laughs> but but generally is, I mean, it's just totally normal what you're describing with your daughter, right? So it it, it changes minute by minute what they reject uh, in the morning. They may actually eat then in the evening. And the only thing you can do is just uh, plan this out a little bit. I mean, don't make too much porridge. And porridge is, by the way, something you can just uh, stick a cling film oil mm-hmm. and stick it in the fridge for tomorrow. I'll try. Right. No, it's just I think but, I think I think as parents we find it really emotional when we spend time cooking for our kids only yeah, for it to be rejected. Yeah. It it yes. feels like a proper slap in the face. You're like I've just wasted time. Yes, it does. And now I'm feeling anxious and angry, and that's not helping the situation either. You know, it's it's a really yes, frustrating. Yes. So the the one the one thing that I really want to uh, relay is don't get into this power struggle with your child. It's not worth it over a meal. Not at all. If you are really deeply concerned about nutrition, that is, you have a child with weight and height problems, then this is a complete different path to be taken than when your child is normal, normal weight, normal growth. Um, don't get hung up. Don't get in the power struggles. Um, because when you spoil this atmosphere, you, you are on the back foot. And that's not what you want. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can only win this through friendship and love and a positive atmosphere. That's not going to go in any other way. Well said indeed. Thank you so, so much for your time yeah. today. For anyone, Thank you. we've had a number of messages saying how to eat it. Uh, sprout.ae <laughs> is where you need to go and there's meal plans and there's recipes and they have Instagram as well. Oz, thank you so much for your time. You're listening to Farmer's Kitchen with Spinneys. Only on Dubai Eye 103.8. We are all leading busy lives, probably no more than ever before, to be honest, between distance learning, home working and all the COVID craziness, trying to find precious moments and make special memories with our kids is so, so important. And joining us to share how she carves out quality time, as impossible as it may seem, is voiceover artist, presenter Dina Booty. She's a mum of two um, and we'll be finding out some of the things she enjoys doing at the weekends as well. Dina, how are you? Hey, Helen. Thanks for having me on the show. Well, thank you for making time because a quick look at your Instagram stories. You have a very, very busy life, juggling work, juggling motherhood. <laughs> it, no, I'm serious. And I'm, I'm, and then, I'm and then, insane, And then finding right? time to put document it all on stories. <laughs> completely unnecessary when I'm already losing my mind. But yeah, I do it anyway. <laughs> no, it's part of what you do. I, I 100% get it and people love that because it is behind the scenes um but when you think about the juggle does it make you want to sometimes just have a bit of a cry and run away sometimes i was just gonna tell you i really hope that you don't ask me for good advice because i have been a complete anxious mess my heart has been racing and this year has just been so hard for everyone and I think the only way I survive each day is by having a thousand reminders going off on my phone. We have a family calendar, a family calendar on the fridge that everyone refers to. I've got an amazing nanny, a very hands-on husband, and I'm very lucky to have my parents here. So I actually have grandparents helping me with pickups. But if I'm going to be completely honest, I think I only ever do one role well a day. So I think one day I'll be like, hey, I was a fantastic and thoughtful and creative mom today. And then the next day might not do as good of a job at that, but will you know, do really well on a campaign that I'm working on. Um, 
Thank you oh, for that honesty, that's... to be honest. Uh, no, honestly, because I feel like there's there's a lot of um, a lot of people, and I definitely think social media plays a part in that, who will project this image of I'm, you know, I'm bossing it and I'm doing it by myself. And you, we've spoken about this before that I think it's so important to acknowledge the, the people that that play a you know have hand and heart in in our lives. And you know, I couldn't be at work right now if it wasn't for for our nanny and how amazing Loretta is. I think it does everyone a bit of a disservice when you don't acknowledge um, the help you have, and it's also not fair on other people because you get. Because, well, she's doing it. Why can't I do it? It's completely it? misleading. It's I not agree. Helpful. I agree. It really isn't. I mean, I always say that I have so much help. I have my my family here. Um, my husband has decent working hours, and with all that, I'm drowning. And like very at the very end of some days, you know, my husband will come home from work and find me just on the floor, passed out, very dramatically, being like, "I can't do it again. <laughs> can't do another day." Um, I get it. I get home, and having talked for three hours, my husband's like, um. We gonna have a conversation? I'm like, no, no. There's nothing left for you. <laughs> it's all gone. It is all gone. Um, but when it comes to, and you've got, how old are the boys now? So they're three and five. So you are in the trenches, very much so, with with uh, with oh my two busy boys. Like they can't be. They can't be with each other, and they can't be without That's each other. I really don't I know. I wanted what to, do to ask you, and I have the same. You know, four and six, and we've had flashes of them playing beautifully together and I just go, oh, this is it. We're in a sweet spot. This is amazing. Yeah. Uh, this is easy. And then minutes. there's actual <laughs> bloodshed uh, when, yeah. when they're fighting. Are you able to find time to spend with them individually? And, and if so, how? Not that much. To be honest, we just have um, our nightly routine, I think is probably where that alone one-on-one time comes. And my husband and I, Um, are there and it's dedicated family time and we take turns with each of the boys. It's very brief. It's probably about 20 minutes each, but it means that we sing songs to each one of them and, Mm. you know, read a book. And that's it. But, you know, better than nothing and a bit of bonding time. And I think 20 minutes of quality time can, you know, do quite a bit for, uh, for strengthening a relationship. Dina, the weather is beautiful um, right now. I'm all about being outside as much as possible um, while we can. And I I personally feel just a bit more safe about being in the world when there's some fresh air around us. And I've just wondered what some of your favorite things to do as a family over the weekend. Can you give us some inspiration for the next couple of days? So, yeah, we uh, play it very safe. So we like to do things where we avoid the crowds and we're outdoors. I think uh, almost every single weekend we go to Barsha Park. And we rent out uh, one of the boats there. It's affordable. You get like 20 to 30 minutes. Um, They spray down the vest and you can go uh, feed the birds. It's a beautiful activity and you can never get enough of it. And you can ride your bikes, of course, at Barsha Park. And speaking of riding bikes, one thing that we also love to do is we go to La Mer. I don't know if anyone else is up for starting their day at 8 a.m., but we Uh, go really early. I know you do. (laughs) Oh, yeah, you start really early. You're out on a bike quite early. Um, I catch that on your stories as well. But um, yeah, we're we're at the beach at 8 a.m. We ride our bikes, we get a coffee, go, you know, walk down the boardwalk, and then we spend some time at the beach. By 10 a.m., we are on our way home, mm. 11 a.m. max. And uh, that that's a, a wonderful way of avoiding the crowds. And of course, the desert. Order a couple pizzas, so easy. It's a bit of a drive, but I mean, we're so spoiled in Dubai. A bit of a drive is like, what, half an hour? Um, and just, you know, roll down the hills and have a, a desert picnic. 
I am now craving pizza, which is lucky because that's what we're doing tonight for my daughter's birthday. We're having a... a fun... Oh, yeah. Happy birthday, Tabitha. Oh, no. I was in labour this time four years ago for an overshare Aww. across the radio, radio airwaves. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you so, so much, Dina. For anyone who's not following you and wants to check out your family adventures, your recommendations and your musical videos, which I love, what's the best way of checking you out on Instagram? Yeah, just at Dina Butti, B-U-T-T-I. You are um, a star. I'm there and a little too pre- more present than I should be. <laughs> Stop it. We love but, it. Yeah. Have a wonderful Watch weekend. and uh, Yeah, you too. And uh, happy weekend to everyone listening as well. Have a good one, lovely. Oh, love the sound of that. Pizza's in the desert. Love it. You're listening to Farmer's Kitchen with Spinneys. Only on Dubai Eye 103.8. Don't forget, you can tune in live to Farmer's Kitchen every single Thursday afternoon on Dubai I 103.8 between 2 and 5 p.m.